Hi everybody and welcome back. Uh, Ray and Steve here, Counting Tracks, episode number six. We are back with Dave Matthews. We are working on album number two today. Uh, the album is called Crash. Uh, as a Fairweather fan, this is the uh, album that really kind of turned me on to them, uh, other than hearing ants marching over and over. Uh, Steve is back with us for episode six, and uh, he is going to take the driver's seat once again. Uh, Steve, how's it going, man? I am fantastic. Very cool. So in this album, as uh, it was more of a band collaborative effort than the first album, uh, not that they didn't contribute well in the studio, but it just became more of a band album, I guess you could say. At least in my view, you know, some may disagree, but I just see a lot more of everyone's personality from the band. And I'll touch on that more as we get to those songs. More so even than the debut, the single Ants Marching put them out there and stuff, but this one really skyrocketed them. So tell us about that, please. All right, so I, I do think as an opening to the album, it's really very fitting. Uh, other than that, it doesn't do much for me. There's not much going on. I'm not saying it's inherently a bad song, but it's a negative one for me. And if I got to take a leak, this is when I'm going to go real quick. Oh, all right. Bathroom break song right at the beginning. Okay. And I don't have many of them, honestly. It's just you got to pick some because you got to pee it sometime. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to. So your score for that is? Negative one. Negative one. Okay. So I am going to go plus one. I like this song. It's very upbeat. And uh, I, I like. I don't know, I like punchy openers, and that, that's what this is to me. And I, I agree with you in the fact that, I mean, I think part of what you were saying is, uh, or wrapped in there somewhere, is it's probably, at least in the beginning, was overplayed a bit, but is I like it. I, I think it's, you know, for this album, for sure, I, I like it a lot. Uh, I give it a plus one, so... I'll, uh, I'll leave it there, but uh, not Steve's favorite song. We know that. <laughs> I, I think, too, as a side note, in being such a huge fan, that I'm kind of being over-critical, I believe. Because I could very easily be like, one, 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 you know, yeah. for different reasons. So I, I think I went to it with a little more critical eye uh, in the past week in re-listening to these two albums. And that's important, because, I mean, you know, the, the whole thing I hate about music in general, and this goes for any generation, is bands are defined by whatever single hits on the radio or on streaming or whatever, and, you know, anybody that's a diehard fan, the, 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 the first one or two singles are never what the diehard fan likes, and so this is not to make diehards out of anybody, but just maybe to broaden your musical horizons a bit. So hopefully that's what we're doing here, that's what we're trying to do. Um, you know, Dave Matthews is a guy that has a lot of uh, different musical paths that he takes. Speaking of which, I, I think he takes a drastic left turn with the next one, which is track number two. So tell us about track two, Steve. Track two is Two Step, and I hate that it's the second album, second song on the album should be the last song so i'm gonna say about that other than that this is definitely like a top five song as far as i'm concerned uh live if it's closing a show it is a literal celebration um they throw different intros in front of it lately they've been uh it used to be kind of improvised 
um, before that, and now they're using the song Time Bomb. The way it, exp- it literally, it, the song explodes on stage. Um, if they played it at every show I went to, you would never hear me complain. Uh, I love the lyrics, uh, the passion behind it, uh, kind of a little bit of a story that it tells. I could probably talk for half an hour about this song, especially if I can remember the name of the album that Time Bomb's on. <laughs> um, apparently not one of my favorites. Uh, so yeah, plus one. Well, I mean, you probably could talk half an hour and the song still wouldn't be over. Um, you know, I'm honestly, and this goes back to the guy I worked with at Long John Silver's that was a huge Dave Matthews fan. This was his favorite song. You had to hear Two Step. Two Step was it. And I don't get it. I never got it. I still don't get it. It sounds like a weird rockabilly song to me. And, uh,. I, 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 maybe the live version is different, but I, I can't even sit through the live version. So negative one for me. I just, I, I don't like it. It sounds odd, and it's just, it's just not my bag. So, um, not trying to be overly negative for any particular reason. I just, I never understood the allure in this song. Never I, understood it. I, I get it. I, I will find a version of it uh, from Montage that might. I don't think it'll change your mind. Okay. I think you'll understand where I'm coming from more by hearing that live version. All right. It might still be a negative one, and I fully respect that. Um, but it is definitely a different animal live. It, it is an animal. It like it's just this live living thing. These guys up there having a blast. The crowd exploding. I don't know. I just I think that kind of influences me as well. Fair enough. Now into track three, which is the title track. I'll, I'll handle that one. Uh, Crash into me. Uh, I think everybody that's a Fairweather fan knows this song. Um, this one, and I'm sure I'm, I'm speaking for you, but I'm sure you'll agree. I hope you'll agree. This is much better live. Much better live. Like uh, the, to me, it doesn't even compare. Uh, to me, they sound like two completely different songs, and I'd love to know why that is. If you know. I love the song. Uh, I know we're talking about the studio version. If we're going with studio, I'm going negative one. If we're going live, plus one all day. And uh, I love the Dixie Chicken uh, outro oh, yeah. part of it. And that's not on the studio version. And I don't know. I, it's timed differently, I think. And it's sung differently. And I don't know. I'm not a fan of the studio version at all. But uh, love, love, love the live version. So tell us your thoughts on Crash. I agree. I think live has just evolved so much over time. I mean, you know, you're talking about guys that have been around since 1991, man. You know, and, and being a heavily played song as well, for the most part, um, it, it just took on a life of its own. And I, I just think I agree almost 100% with that. Um, it's not as heavily played as you might think compared to other songs. Like, it's not in the thousands or anything. And that bugs me. It's about, it should be. You know, seven, eight hundred probably plays since 1991, which is still a lot, you know, don't get me wrong, compared to some other, I think, even better songs. Um, but it's a sweet little song. You know, it's, it's not easy to write a love song about a stalker, so I give it a zero. I didn't know it was about a stalker. <laughs> Good to know. Um, I like it. I, I like it a lot. I really, really do. Uh, and I always have. And I wish they would play it more, uh, along with a song from a later album called Where Are You Going? 
apparently not to the crash site because they don't like to play either one of them. Not often, anyway. But anyway, that's for another day. So uh, tell us uh, about track number four, Steve. Uh, right, so we go into Too Much, which I think was too much of a jump from Crash into this just on the flow of the album. Um, not a big fan of it, honestly. I don't dislike it, but I, I wouldn't go to a show hoping to hear it. I have, you know, and that's cool and all, but it, it doesn't do anything for me. It's a negative one. Well, okay. Um, I'm on the opposite end. I'm plus one. Um, I like this one a lot, and I, I like it again just because of the enunciation and stuff. It almost sounds like he's scatting, you know? Uh, I don't he, know he does that a lot, honestly. A lot. He's, uh, he's a good scatter. I, and maybe I'm using the wrong word, so forgive me. But No, that's the right term, man. He does it a lot, believe me. I, I, I like it because of that. I don't know. Maybe I just have an affinity for that because it's not that common. Uh, but I like it. I would say plus one for me, um, you know, but that's only because I don't listen to it all that much. I could see it becoming a zero, becoming one of those overplayed things. But I'm going to go plus one for this for me. So, uh, that takes us into number five. Uh, which is number five, which is number 41, and four plus one equals five. Coincidence? Uh, not anymore. Not, <laughs> not, not that you told me that. Um, no, I have no idea. Yeah. I just literally just made that up right now. I just realized track five is 41, four plus one is five. I'm cutting that part out. You did not make that up. That is true. And, <laughs> and uh, so there we go. So tell us about number 41, Steve. So, one of the many numbered songs. Uh, this was one of the early songs, honestly, that got me into this band a lot. Uh, this is purely jazz. You can hear it right there. This is a jazz song. Um, you know, it's usually 10, 12, 20 minutes. I think the longest I ever heard was 18. Um, but I just love the way the lyrics kind of play against themselves. There's a lot of contradictory things. Um, I just think it's so well written from beginning to end as a plus one um, I'm gonna go negative one uh, or no I'm gonna go zero I can take it or leave it um, it's not instrumental obviously uh, so that's a plus uh, it's not it's one I could take or leave so I, I would say zero for that one um, I don't hate it it just sounds to me like you know leftover track number 41 and so they didn't know what to call it, so that's what it was, um, you know. But uh, it's—I I like it better than 34, if that counts for anything. Is this one played a lot? A decent amount, but it's still one of those ones that are kind of awesome to catch cool. uh, when you do. And I've been blessed with that, and I'm very happy that I've caught it a few times. Um, I also think, uh, uh, kind of, you know, with. We were saying with two-step, this wouldn't be one I would try to, you know, make someone listen to just getting into the band. I think sure. it would scare them away. Um, it's one of those ones that, you know, as you get more and more into the sound and what they do, you know, start actually reading the lyrics, you know, as they are. Um, it, it would grow on a person, but I, I totally get and respect 
not really digging it, and I uh, definitely would not give this to somebody to say, hey, check this out, you'll love this, because chances are they won't. It's a deep cut, but it's cool. It's definitely cool. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's one that'll grow on me, especially over time. Um, so take us now. That takes us into number six. Uh, say goodbye only to number 41, not to the show, because we're only halfway through. So tell us about track number six, please. All right, track number six, Say Goodbye, started out as a song called Any Noise. Um, kind of don't get that one. Then on some early tapes, and I remember this vividly, uh, it was called A Quick Lay and Goodbye. Uh, and then became Say Goodbye. Uh, I, I do like it. Um, not tremendously, but I don't hate it either. Um, it's a, just a happy love song. Yeah. Uh, and I give it a zero. Okay, fair enough. Um, this one, I got to tell you, I was listening to this today, as a matter of fact. And, I mean, even now, like, we're almost a minute in, and I'm just hearing weird sounds. So, I mean, I, I kind of got turned off from the beginning. Uh, six minutes long. I mean, that, that, that's a lot to ask when you're a minute in and I still haven't heard words. Um, so I, I, I give it a negative one. Uh, it was not one of my favorites. Um, but, you know, I don't know uh, about uh, the diehards out there. But uh, not, not, in my be- not in my wheelhouse. Is that a flute that I hear? Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, a little Jethro Tull influence uh, going on here. Yeah, a little bit African influence. It, it kind of brings everything into one. Because uh, really, I mean, there are lyrics, of course, eventually, but yeah. uh, not a tremendous amount of lyrics. Right. It's just a love song. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. And so that uh, that's say goodbye, and then we go into one. I just, I don't know, the, the title struck me, I don't know why. Drive In, Drive Out, track number seven. So tell us about that, Steve. This is a ripper. Yeah. Uh, I liked it back then, loved it more when I saw it live. Again, another great opener. Gets the energies up. I just really enjoy it. Uh, there's nothing profound about it or anything like that. It's just a good kind of DMV rock song. I give it a plus one. Uh, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say the same. Plus one. Uh, this one uh, is another one I don't recall ever listening to. Just not being that huge of a Dave Matthews fan, or if I did, I'd forgotten about it. And just having an affinity towards the more up tempo stuff, I liked it. And uh, again, another one where you could kind of hear a little bit of the angst uh, in his voice. Uh, it seems like a happier song. But there's still, you know, he's there's bass in his voice, and I and I oh, like yeah. that. So I, I I like it, and you know, I've never been to a concert. I think we talked about that in a previous episode. But if if I had a, a dream list, I, I would want this to be on it. Uh, I'd want to hear this absolutely. I think I think this is a cool a cool song, and uh, I can't say much about it now because I've only heard it once or twice, but I think it's going to keep growing on me as I listen to it more and more. So I I was very happy uh, with this one for sure. Um, So plus one for me, absolutely. Uh, Any closing thoughts on that one, Steve? Oh, it's a growler. I love it. All righty. 
So that takes us into track number eight, which is Let You Down. So tell us about track eight. This is a, a tough one. Okay. I, I, again, I, it's the one that I don't hate. I think it has some smart lyrics until the very end. The whole puppy for your love line. Yeah. And I'm not usually, I mean, all artists have corny lyrics, every single one in the world. Yeah. There's going to be, especially if they have a you know, massive volume of work. But the beginning, this first mm-hmm. uh, verse, spot on. Yeah. If it kept going, I would have loved it. Uh, this is one, though, that just doesn't exist. Uh, it was played like in 97, and then it was teased a few times, came back in 2015 for a very limited run. And hasn't been played again. Um, from what I've read, apparently it was an apology to Stefan, the bass player, Stefan Lassard. I don't know that it to be an actual truth, but it's kind of what's in the popular hive mind of what this song's about. Uh, I, but I, that said, despite the puppy for your love, I still gave it a zero because I like like three quarters of the song. Yeah, I'm I'm very similar. I, I like the first verse, and then after that. Uh, you know, in the words of, of Jay Peterman, for any Seinfeld fans out there, that's where the song takes the most unappealing turn. Uh, it, it it just kind of changes vibe, and the lyrics kind of get corny and campy, and I don't know. It's just kind of like I, I don't know. If you're and I like slower songs if they're good, like we were just talking about, you know. Uh, Crash and and, and uh, I, I mentioned where are you going from another album. I, I love that stuff. This is not one that does it for me. And uh, the lyrics don't help. And the fact that it almost sounds like a different song uh, partway through kind of throws me. So I'm same negative one for me. Not uh, not one of my favorites uh, for sure. Like that line you just said, which I just heard. I just I'm like that. That's the best you could come up with that 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 was all right so yeah not not my thing but uh that said every, every track can't be winners and you know everybody's entitled to their own opinion so fair enough if it, i'm sure there's people out there that love it and that's awesome just not not one of my favorites so tell us about track number nine track number nine is lie in our graves before we do that i want to redeem myself okay the time bomb intro to Two Step is from Stand Up. Okay. Just want to get that out there. I don't want to lose my DMB credit card. <laughs> okay. So now on to Lie in Our Graves. Uh, this right. song is just a happy party. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably, really, I think, probably the most up song on the whole album. Mm-hmm. Uh, once it gets going, um, it is kind of, as the name implies, it is about kind of eventually dying, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, step into the light, etc. But yeah, this is a plus one. I'll take it at any show I go to. Um, it's just you know, it's a happy celebration of life. Yeah, I'm kind of indifferent to it, and uh, I don't know that I've listened to it enough to kind of figure out why. The drums are killer in this song, in my opinion. Because Carter is a god. I, I just I don't know. Man. It, it's, it's not bad, but then like that part right there does that weird little twangy, bluegrassy kind of stuff. And I just, that's not my bag. I would give this one a zero 
Um, you know, I wouldn't. I, I would like to hear it just because it's probably considered a deep cut. And you know, I'm one of those people. Like, I like to hear a couple deep cuts from any concert I go to. Like the people out there that they want to hear the ten hits and that's it. Like to me, it's like why? Why are you wasting your money? So for that reason, I'm gonna say zero uh, for why. I will say as a as a, uh, aside to that. Uh, usually throughout, and I don't really for numerous tours now, they do some festival uh, shows, mm-hmm. which are exactly that. It's pretty much just the hits. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure this year it'll be some of the new stuff from the new album. But then, you know, you go somewhere like when we had the Montage or, you know, up in Saratoga. That's where you get the deep cuts. Where Because, I mean, they, they've been touring for so long, they know where, like, the diehards are. And they do tend to, you know, the Gorge, you know, it's a three-day show, three concerts for three days. People camp out to go there. You know, you're going to hear stuff that you didn't hear all year, which I just think is awesome of a band to do. Uh, yeah. And there's other bands that do that, but, you know, there is. Just strictly speaking, you know, Dave I'm Matthews you, Band. Man. I'm with you. So take us then into track number 10. That is Cry Freedom. Yeah, and it makes me cry that it's been played less than 200 times. <laughs> Uh, I was again when I was lucky enough to see mm-hmm. I can see people not liking it I, I, I do like it it's another one of those I don't want to say political socio-political song about things going on in other countries and you know uh, people seeking their freedom pretty much um, yeah. it's a little more of a downer but I still give it a one uh, for what it relays and I like the music uh, and this one I'll be honest with you a little, little too deep for me so not not really my bag but I'm gonna go negative one on that uh, cry I'm, 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 I'm crashing this whole show with my lack of enthusiasm for this song so, <laughs> so, so, save us here. so we're gonna lift things up with a little tripping billies and while you bring that up, a little side story. Um, so, they're basically like out on a beach or whatever, tripping balls, <laughs> and saw people dancing. And someone in, in their group said they're like a bunch of tripping billies. The term stuck, and it eventually got put on as a title of a song. Uh, I love it. It's just happy. It gets you know people going. Um, I really don't have much bad to say about it. Yeah. I, I don't know that I understand this song from a lyric perspective. That's not new it's, for me. It's a love song, basically. Okay. It's basically about getting, falling in love, getting super high on like LSD, uh, eat, drink, be merry, etc. Um, mm-hmm. And about death, because that's a very common theme with DMB. Yeah. Uh, you know, death, God, life. Sure. And enjoying every second of it, which I think is overall the arching reason why I fell so in love with this band. I don't know that it's one that I would go out of my way to see because I have weird taste when it comes to Dave Matthews. Um, if we did this album next week, I might say one, but for today I'm going to say zero. But it is definitely um, worth a listen, and it will definitely be in semi-regular rotation. And I, I remember liking this one back in the day uh, when I got into them the first time around. Um, and then I kind of fell away from it because it wasn't one that I heard all that much. But uh, I do like it. And I think it's another one that 
as I get back into it, it'll grow on me with time. That takes us into the end. Uh, track number 12, uh, Proudest Monkey. Uh, so tell us your thoughts on the closer here, Steve. Okay, a little bit of a slower, mellow song. This is why Two Steps should have closed the album, but, you know, it doesn't. Or been left off altogether. Wow, that hurts. I'm going to change your mind on that one, I'm telling you. Truth um, But I, I, I do like this song, Proudest Monkey. Uh, I love the fact that Dave has an obsession with monkeys. They pop up a lot. I've noticed. Uh, Big-eyed fish. There's an unreleased song called Monkey Man. Uh, there's a lot of monkeys. Shake me like a monkey. Shake me like a monkey. That's what I was thinking. Um, that said, to me, it's just... It's mellow. If I was going to bed, yeah, yeah I'd pop it on. Joe's off, but for me, it's a zero. I hear you. I'm the same way. I, I-, I could put it on for that. If the track was four minutes and not nine minutes... I'd probably like it a lot better, but again, these slow, extended, it's just not, like, how do you do this and then do a a, a three, four minute song like too much or so much to say? Like, I I just don't, people change albums the way he changes styles between tracks. And he's one of the few guys that does that. I think that's what turns me off to it. But it's also what makes me revisit the stuff every couple years. And I usually end up liking stuff I didn't like the first time around. Which, today is another example. I, I found a lot of stuff like Drive In, Drive Out uh, that I wasn't all that familiar with. And, uh, you know, um, to hear the story about tripping billies I never heard. So, you know, it's always good to, to discover new things. This one in particular, though... Um, I'm not going to be as harsh as I was on some of the other slower ones because I do like the first half of the song at least. So I'm going to say zero for me on this one. And so this uh, ends album two, which, uh, like we said, is about two years uh, removed from number uh, under the table. This is April '96. This came out. Definitely a much more jazz uh, sound. Uh, in my opinion, a lot more horns, a lot more jammy. Any, any closing thoughts on the album in general, Crash? No, I like it. Uh, for a sophomore effort, which is where a lot of bands tend to lose their steam, they're just picking it up. You know, and I know we're not going into the next album, you know, just yet, but I'm sure we will at some point. Um, you, you'll see that steam just keep building. Yeah, sure. Gotcha. Until eventually the bubble bursts for a little bit, but they're getting it back. Yeah, yeah, I think they are too. I mean, like I said, I mean, we're, I'm not lying. Go check out the new single, Madman's Eyes, especially. It's it's unlike anything I've ever heard from him, and it, it's upbeat. So if you guys like the upbeat, mid-tempo stuff, you'll you'll dig it. It's cool. Well, this was cool, and and this was very cool to to hear these stories. And we'll be back uh, to do the other albums, you know, whenever. And I'm sure a hundred other different Dave Matthews things, but this wraps it up for Crash, which is album two. Now, just uh, in closing here, Steve, tell me a little bit about what this did for them as a band. Like, where were they coming off of Under the Table? Like, did they, by the time that tour ended, were they famous, famous yet? Did this catapult them? Were they already there? And this, this straight, this solidified thing, where did this put them in there? I truly think that the next album really solidified them, but this put them over the top. 
Gotcha. I mean, even if you just look at you know these two albums worth of songs, that's a hell of a good concert. Mm-hmm. You know, if you pick twenty songs out of the twenty six or twenty seven that are on here and put together a show, and that's kind of you know they built their base playing live. You know, so you could kind of see that in coming more into the songs on the albums too. It's this great second effort. Uh, I ended up giving it a four little bit less than their first album and you're still on the fence with a zero for Dave Matthews band alright alright well hey I've been called a zero many times so I'm used to it but uh, I enjoyed this one quite a bit I personally I like this album better than the first one uh, for whatever that's worth Um, but I, I definitely have an appreciation for both of them so I'm happy that we got to do this And uh, we will be back next time with episode 7 of Counting Tracks. So until then, uh, for Steve, I am Ray. We will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.